Michael Myers is a human being who killed his sister when he was six years old. Welcome to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and this week is a continuation of a conversation I had with a guest host last week, Mr. Brandon Zachman, and um, we were we had so much fun talking about the DB2 that we started just to venture out and just started chatting about uh, other things and the subject that basically came up and gave us uh, almost like a bonus episode was I mentioned, I said, hey, we'd never talked about Halloween 2018 before together. And he agreed. And the next thing you know, he and I started chatting about it. So um, as Brandon continues to get uh, information together for next week's Halloween 6 mask episode, uh, which is the one that won the polls. And then after that, we're going to do the He-Mask episode, which is the runner-up. So you have some content over the next couple of weeks that is going to be pretty fun around here. And, um, you know, numbers for last week's episode did uh, extremely well, was very pleased. And um, this week, like I said, we're going to we're going to dive into Halloween 2018. We're going to give you our perspectives and, um, you know, it's a pretty relevant topic still because the because the Blu-ray and DVD and Steelbook just came out um, back on the 15th. So um, a lot of that's still fresh in everybody's mind. And after watching it uh, again, you know, I... I had some fresh new perspectives myself, and uh, of course, Brandon had his as well, that we're going to talk extensively about, but uh, I hope everyone enjoys this bonus, um, this week's episode. I guess we're just going to call it uh, Halloween 2018 Blu-ray release, maybe, and uh, we'll see everybody back next week for the Halloween 6 mask episode. If anybody has any questions... Um, about anything that we're going to cover Halloween 6 mask related, um, you could call 407-982-4709. Let it go all the way through to the beep. Let let the, the British lady say what she's got to say. Listen for the beep. After the beep, leave your message after the tone and uh, keep it to 60 to 90 seconds. And uh, we will play it on the air or... If you're one of those that just maybe doesn't feel like they can ask those questions, we're going to start a topic in the group, and we're going to say, post your Halloween 6 mask questions here, and we'll ask them on the air. So we're going to try and make things really, really easy for each and every single one of you um, to participate in the episode that maybe is a little bit introverted that um, doesn't feel comfortable leaving us a voicemail. I mean, we really enjoy the voicemails because it 
It adds your voice and adds some color to the episode and makes it entertaining and interactive for everybody. But at the same time, I understand that not everybody is comfortable with that. So we want to make sure that we cover everybody and make sure that everybody feels like they're accepted and respected. So uh, anyway, I hope you guys enjoy this episode for the last time. And uh, we'll see everybody for Throwback Thursday. Don't know what it's going to be yet. Uh, got to throw the poll up today. Today is Tuesday the 29th. So I got to get the poll up. And uh, it's going to be a quick poll. But... Um, yeah, we'll see everybody back for Throwback Thursday and then next week's Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers uh, episode as well. All right, have a good one. Enjoy. You're listening to Halloween Unleashed. we've ever talked about maybe we did if we did i'm sorry i just can't think right now uh what did you think of the movie uh we haven't talked about it actually um it's funny because i i saw it i got to see it early at the uh the h40 premiere with malik akkad and um i remember leaving the theater and there was like a stunned silence and i was just i literally the first words out of my mouth were this is gonna be the most divisive film in the entire franchise and I think uh, after seeing the release, now it's on DVD, I think that's absolutely true. I think it's more divisive than H2O. Um, I personally am not a huge fan. I enjoy, I enjoy Michael. I think James U. Courtney did a great job. Um, I just think the dialogue is a little, uh, a little too dramatic and over the top, and there was just things that kind of took me out of the film. Um, it's not horrible. I don't think it's the worst entry in the franchise. Um, but it's definitely, it definitely ranks towards the bottom half of, uh, of the movies for me. Um, in all of H sixes, H fives faults, I would still prefer either one of those films over the new one. H six. I don't understand the hate. I love H six and that's, that's still like top three for me as far well, as the franchise goes. It's funny that the, the same people that hate h6 because because of uh because of the stupid thorn storyline and the dr Wynn tie-in all that stuff love halloween 2018 i'm like okay this plot twist was dumber than anything h6 tried to do that's my I, opinion 110 percent agree 110 percent agree just everything the characters just like laurie strode i think I think she was insufferable in this movie. I, I think she was so much better in H2O. And just, she, she was just like throwing a pity party 90% of the film. And then like all of a sudden she's this badass. I don't know. All the dialogue out of her mouth. I just, I cringed half the time. Really? I, See, they, I, I, uh, I thought her performance, I thought her, because um, you've heard me say, and in one of the previous podcasts, I'm not the biggest Jamie Lee Curtis fan. And I know that's like, Oh my God, he hates, he doesn't like, <laughs> it's like, no, I, 
you know, from from an acting perspective, I just don't think she's very strong. I think she's important to the Halloween franchise because she was in the original. She's the original Scream Queen. I get all that. But really watching her act, I'm like, she's not believable. I'm sorry. She's just 100%. not. 100%. She's not that good. So here's 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 my here's my problems and 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 my problems are all fundamental and i i actually i'm going to read kind of like a post i made last night um you know anymore i really don't get involved in a lot of the bullshit but i i saw this comment and man i gotta tell you it just pissed me off because (laughs) and and i'm not going to name names because i don't want to call them out but they had they had said that the hate on this new movie is by no diehard Halloween fan. It's it's by a bunch of casual people. So if you hate this movie, you're a casual fan. Oh, I got I was floored. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. So I laid out because I was like, I'm not going to be a hater and trash him. I'm going to address the reason why me as a diehard Halloween fan didn't like this movie. All right, so I'm I'm going to read you my opinions. Number one, what was the point of bringing Lori back to the story if they were if they were never going to establish Michael's motive to get to her? It was never established at all, and him going to her house at the end of the film was sheer chance and luck due to a dumb plot twist that was a device to get him to her house. So maybe have her go see him with the podcasters at the beginning, like they were trying to get her to do, or maybe would have been an awesome scene. That would have been such a cool scene. God, yes, and and then or or maybe if they didn't want to do that route, just a glance between the two as the bus is leaving, like have her outside to make sure that he's really on the bus. He looks over and sees her, and that triggers him to break out. Yeah, to, to establish that connection between them. Because honestly, like, the whole movie, like, Jamie Lee Curtis had that, that monologue at the end, you know, he's waited for me, I've waited for him. He doesn't care about her at all, I, is, is my impression. He doesn't care. He's just out there having fun killing people and then just stumbles upon her. It's not like that was his motivation the whole time was to track her down. They didn't establish that at all. And they even cut out that in the trailer. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. Um, you know, they have the trailer when they're in the courtyard or whatever, and the, the podcaster says, oh, do you remember Laurie Strode? And they, like, show Michael's hands clench. Well, they cut yeah. that out of the film. So they, they took out any connection between the two completely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, um, so here's here's the other thing, and here's the third thing. Um, but since we're dragging her daughter and granddaughter into this movie – why not establishing that they ha- that they're really in some kind of danger? Because we hear her say all the time, "You're in danger. You're in danger." From what he doesn't know that they exist, and they never establish it. So, at, as to Michael's never had them in his sights. Why are they in this big danger? You know, as it as the film plays out, Michael never had them in his sights. And they were pointless to a story that really was never well flushed out. I mean, Michael could have easily had Allison dead to rights in the backseat of the, the cop car. And instead he chose to take out his doctor. Like 
how would he know who they are? Why would he even care? Like it's it's the family aspect's gone, so he's not hunting down his family. It's just I, I don't know. There's so many plot holes and things that should have been fleshed out and that weren't. It just that movie should have been three hours long, not an hour and a half. Yeah, and I think if they would have done a, a traditional two-hour film, they could have done something like storytelling. But um, here's point number two that I made. So just going off of the off of the granddaughter, this could have tied everything up together. And I've I've shared it on a previous podcast, but I actually go into great detail here. I said Lori's granddaughter could have been the catalyst for this entire film. How have Allison and her pointless friends? walk through the cemetery as she's talking about her grandmother. Cause as it was, that scene didn't make any sense. Why is she telling her friends about her mom being a liar? It's just, it was a plot device to get us familiar mm-hmm. with the story again. So give that scene a point, walk them through the cemetery and say, this is where it all started. Arriving at Judas graves as the podcasters are then showing up with the lady. And then instead of Lori, instead of us doing this, callback with now Lori standing outside the classroom and all this other stuff. Lori shows up at the cemetery instead of the school. Myers was already in the background already watching his sister's grave. Now we establish the simple motive from the first one because of how he saw Lori, got attracted to her, and then he started boxing in her friends to get to her one by one. It was all like a playful, psychological, hey, I'm going to get to that suspense build up to the grand finale. But now we see that there's a connection. Oh, that's her her granddaughter. Then he sets his sight on the podcasters to get his suit and mask back. And then he repeats the events of the first one by boxing in each one of the friends, going after the sibling and hope that he will be drawn to Lori once again. So, you know, that is really a, a good layout like the original film. And that would have given everybody a purpose to be in the film. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes total sense because... The point of Allison's friends in the movie were pretty much useless. They were just bodies to add to the the, the murder count. Like the the whole scene at the at the school. Like what was the what was the purpose behind that? Like it, it killed a solid fifteen minutes of an already too short film to just explain why Allison is outside walking the streets. I get to that. So since the above was not done then what was mm. his what was his motive for really being back in Haddonfield to just go on a killing spree? He could have done that in Arkansas or wherever. You know, it's like I understand that Haddonfield's his first place where he committed all these crimes, but as it was, we didn't need a two hour movie about it. Because Yeah. Okay, he breaks out and he goes and kills people. Okay, I expect that. Um we didn't need Laurie Strode to be that that device. Not at all. Uh, I mean, they they didn't they dropped the ball with in in the first movie. Loomis always talks about how sacred, you know, the Myers house is to him. They they make zero reference to the Myers house. You tell me he's going back. He walks into the gr- cemetery to see his sister's grave, and he doesn't stop back home. I don't yeah, know. exactly. I, I think there was so many there was so many places didn't follow through with uh, so many drop balls. And honestly, my biggest gripe was. The fact that the first movie is such a just a slow build to to this crescendo at the end that's you know where everyone starts dying and everything there was no stalking like 
you know, I think the most fun of the first movie is watching every single scene looking for the Myers mask glowing in the back. Like, yeah, just him always watching. It was and cat and mouse. They, yeah. And they, they, they lost that element. And after all that talk of how true this was to the original and all the hype that was built up with how, how it does justice, they dropped, I feel like what was the biggest like trait of Michael, which was the fun that he was having. He would play with them. This movie was just like, you saw someone, bam, you're dead. Bam, you're dead. Curb stomp, whatever. Like, I just feel like they, they lost the essence of what Michael Myers was in this movie. Absolutely. And it's like here we had, you know, you kind of already talked about it, but we had pointless side char- uh, characters that we cared nothing about. We knew the the second that they appeared, like you said, they were just going to be body count. I mean, the same could be said, well, what about Linda and Annie? I agree with that, but at least you cared about them. And there was, yeah. this, there was this build up to their death because he was playing cat and mouse with them and playing tricks with them, uh, setting, setting little things to kind of play with them a little bit before he killed them. Um, and you know, we knew that, okay, well maybe they're going to end up dead or maybe they're not, but at least we knew as soon as like, you know, he was toying with them. Oh, well maybe, maybe they do have a chance or maybe they're going to get out of it somehow or, or something, but they were flushed out a little bit better, even though they didn't have as much screen time. I still felt more connection to Linda and Annie. And so when their deaths happened, it meant something. And it was part of that ride that took me through it. So it was just really strange, you know, to, to me how, like they were trying to create this magic of the original, but it's like they you forgot to make us care for the people that are going to be killed off on screen. Cause I didn't give a shit about the, <sighs> about the blonde chick and I didn't care about her boyfriend. Or Dave give, pinned to the wall. Yeah. Like no. I didn't care, you know, but, um, anyway, I, I, I also think that they relied on way too many callbacks. Uh, huh like I know I love little nods, but you know, and all that stuff, but in their reasoning for ignoring everything post H one is so that they didn't have to be bound to those sequels at all. Yet they reimagine and called back to every single thing throughout the franchise and basically retold those stories, but they did it much worse than those films did. It just tried too hard to to play on nostalgia as opposed to setting itself up as its own entity, like right, and just being good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you know the, the the other thing you already touched on it, but yeah, the lack of you know this was my number six, the lack of suspense with the kills. Yes, while brutal, we all love to watch the brutality, but they were very anticlimactic and boring. You know, they he, he kept slamming the head into something, then stab, 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 stab. It was boring. And then the fence yeah. kill the fence kill scene, which you talked about, they set up something so perfect and the tension and the suspense was finally there with the motion sensor lights and hey Mr. Elrod, you're like, Oh, this motherfucker's gonna get it. But <laughs> I felt like when it actually happened you know, it fell flat because it was a quick, once again, quick stab. And yes, he fell down onto the gate. We saw what happened to him um, from him falling onto that gate. 
but there really what we didn't see it. We didn't really understand what was going on, except for he got a quick stab. She hears a scream because we focus on her, and then she runs back, and then there there's the shot of him on the gate, which really wasn't very grotesque because it was still kind of lit, and you had to look for like, oh fuck, there's a rod coming out of his mouth, you know, from the yeah. iron gate. But first go around, I'm like I'm looking for it to figure out what is so big about this death and then i finally saw it and i'm going oh okay well okay and then you then you see the stare down and like oh shit we're about to get that that major stock scene that we've been missing she takes off running and that's it we don't even follow up on it like <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought so, that was going to be like the michael chasing laurie across the street of this movie but nope <laughs> no it just like that was it and the next scene we see is him Walking down the street and then getting getting run over, you know. Yeah, just strolling down the sidewalk and a cop car just takes him out. It was yeah. just, and another thing that that really killed any suspense of the movie was the fact that they showed every single suspenseful scene in the trailer. Yeah, you saw everything from him jumping out from the mannequins at the end, from him in the closet, all that stuff. You showed all of it in the trailer. They showed the best scene of the movie, in my opinion, was the, the, you know, the one shot where he goes from house to house. They showed that all in the trailer. It's like they didn't leave any magic for you to discover while you're sitting in the theater. Sure. And I'm sorry, man. I really did not care for James Jude Courtney. I felt like, um, especially, and, and this is the only scene I can really just say, okay, this stood out like a sore thumb to me was when he walked in, went over, picked, you know, had the hammer, wa- walked off screen, killed the killed the chick off screen. You know, it's like you could watch him being directed. It's like, okay, step here, move here, turn here. And he looked like one of the one of the Michael Myers spirit Halloween robots. <laughs> you know, it yeah, was the, the animatronics, yeah. Yeah, versus like, you know, um, like so many people are like, well, he was the best Michael since Warlock um, or Castle. And I disagree. I'm like, um, hello, Brad Laurie. I thought Brad Laurie. And, oh, yeah. And all of Resurrection's faults and all of their faults. Brad Laurie was the saving grace of that because he was a good Michael. I thought he was excellent. I think Chris Durand was was better, too, because I think he captured that gracefulness that Michael has in the original movie. Yeah, I I think if they would have toned down the ghost face scream performance, I think he would have been fine <laughs> yeah. because he had that cat like agility and and things and you know there were certain things that he did that I liked, but I just I felt like they were trying to just recreate scream, you know, um but with Michael Myers, but you yeah. know um you know number my, like my number 7 was was the dialogue was piss poor. Uh, and my oh, biggest wow. example was the doctor saying to the bystanders, I'm a doctor, lock your doors. And I'm like, seriously? <laughs> so so him being a doctor is more credible than, um, say, a cop? <laughs> you know, saying yeah, the police that? Officer that's right there, like, what? Okay, I'm a plumber, lock your doors. I'm a dad, lock your doors. <laughs> it's just, It means the same thing. I- so... I, I literally, when I heard that scene, I was like, "Like, who wrote that? Like, who, who's like, you know what? This needs to be said." Like, 
Yeah. I mean, if it was ad-libbed, I mean, fuck, do another take. Don't use it in the film. Cut it <laughs> out. I mean, hey, you cut out plot, de- like real plot plot devices that could have helped the film. Why not cut out yeah. something that is that bad? I mean, seriously, that bad. Um, But yeah, I... I, I, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fans too. Like when you start pointing out logic like this, they come up with the argument of, well, it was better than H2O and resurrection or better than Rob zombies. That's a lame excuse. Yeah. It should be better than those. They had three writers and they had John Carpenter as an executive producer and two fucking years to write the script. And without... (laughs) And also without any other sequel or anything else except for the original hampering it, that's the best that they can do? You had a wide open canvas. Oh, yeah. They could have had so many many possibilities, so many avenues to to go with, and they just put this out. And it's just, I remember watching it the first time, and the whole time I'm just saying, wow, I really want to like this, but I don't. And it just, it, it stung because I tried not to let myself buy into the hype because there was so much hype. And I eventually, after seeing all the original reviews and the, you know, the 90 whatever percent on Rotten Tomatoes, I was finally like, you know what? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy the hype. And I think that was the worst thing for me going into this movie I could have possibly done. Well, I also said, you know, like on many of the podcasts too, it's like I'm going in with, with an open mind. Um, I was very critical early on um, because I felt like from the from the first shot of the poster that they showed, I'm like, oh, oh that's a letdown with the mask. It kind of reminded me of the Rob Zombie. And I know there's tons of people called me insane, you know, for thinking that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, the Rob Zombie was supposed to be an aged mask. Well, this is an aged mask. So it's like, sorry for me, call, <laughs> you know, drawing the comparisons, you know, it's going to be there. But, you know, I, I just I really hate those arguments of, well, it's better. Well, is it, though? You know, it, it's again, I, I expect better. And I'm not one of those fans that just because Michael Myers is going to be back on the screen, I just pull my dick out and start beating off all over the place. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I care about story, which is why we all yearn for the first film and for some of us, the second film, because to me, you put them together. They're the same. They're, they're one long continuous movie for, for me. That's why I don't look at H2 as a sequel, but at the same time, I, 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 you know, that's what we all go back to is like, yeah, Michael was cool. Michael was this, Michael was that, but we didn't see very much of him in the original. And it was all about the storytelling all about connecting those little connective tissues, dotting the I's, crossing the T's. And you fast forward 40 years later, I understand we live in a different time. Is that an excuse to to take the script off, basically, and just say, well, Michael yeah. Myers is back. Let's just have him kill a bunch of motherfuckers mindlessly for no reason, and people are just going to love it. And the people that love it, that's the only argument that they can come up with is, well, Michael's back to just killing motherfuckers. Okay, he killed him in ten other sequels, too. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, like, the argument I always get into is, like, oh, because my biggest gripe is always going to be the fact that there was no stalking and all that, and people always say, well, oh, he's been locked up for 40 years thinking of what he's going to do, so now he's so brutal and, and this and that, and I was like, but that's, 
that's just that's not Michael. Like I've never been criticized for my opinion on a film more than twenty eighteen because every time there's one of those opinion posts, it's like a bait. And every time you put your opinion that you don't like it, you know, I said recently, I was like, oh, I, I've watched the movie probably about nine times at this point. And, you know, I really feel like I, I can make an informed decision on how I feel about it. And people go, oh, well, why would you watch a movie nine times if you don't like it? Obviously, you like like, and I'm like, because it's, it's Halloween. I don't care if the movie was two hours of dog shit. I'm going to watch the film a bunch of times because I love Halloween regardless. So it's like, people say, no, I'm not a real fan because I don't like the movie. Like that, that, that just gripes me so bad. Yeah, I agree. And I don't know. Um, I don't even know what direction they can go with a sequel. Um, and yeah. And even the ending with just them lingering on her holding the knife, I'm going, okay, what was the point of that? Because now yeah. we're, ex- we're expecting, okay, did she just snap and start killing Lori and her mom? And now she's lost her marbles or um, did they linger on that for what reason? Because if they come back and she is the new killer, well, now there's you're going to piss off the core fan base. Yeah, it's going to be Halloween 3 all over again. <laughs> right. And if if they pick up as if nothing happened and they're all back in it and Michael's hunting him down now. Well, good. Now we finally have him having a motive, but uh, that they didn't establish in the first film. But now it's like, okay, then it really makes me as a filmmaker look back and say, what the fuck was the point of that last Uh shot? Because when I go through, when I went through film school, that was the thing is if you're going to show something and you're going to make it important that you linger on something, you got to have a payoff to it. Yeah. It's got to be saying something. <laughs> it, and I, at this point, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I, know, I remember you saying the, um, in the old podcast, you know, sending voice takes of what you think the next film would be. And I was like, okay, I want to send something. In. And I, I sat there and I was legitimately, I couldn't come up with a single sequel idea that would make sense. I just didn't like, what are you going to have Michael just stalking Lori and her, fa- like her family again? Then it's, this movie is completely redundant. It was, then it confirms that it was a cash grab. Uh, it's just, I don't see where you could make a story around this, this universe in the state it's in and make it make sense. Other yeah. than Michael's just out there killing again. Like, Yeah. You know, so I don't know. At, at this point, if they didn't make a sequel to it and they just decided to reboot the entire thing, like as far as like remaking it and retelling it, now this would be the third time. I'd be okay <laughs> with it. I mean, Spider Man does it every every few years. Why not have a complete re re redo of um, of a brand new startup storyline again? You know, um, I'd be okay with it. Because you're not going to, I don't know. I just don't see this going anywhere. I, I, I've had three months to think about it, and I'm going. I just don't see what direction they're going to go. You know, and that's the one thing I didn't see with Rob Zombie's Halloween too, because I was like, I don't see why they're making a part two to this because it was pretty evident at the end of one that that, that was it. Yeah. And they really just started grasping at straws with the the sequel to that movie. So it's just, 
I, I would be, I, I agree with you. I'd be completely fine with them rebooting the whole thing again. And if they could have, you know, a, a cohesive unit that can try and turn it into, you know, a, a, a complete story that can play out over three movies or whatever, I'd be super excited about that. But I think they need to find a team that can all get on the same page and make a story and develop it over several films rather than, all right, let's just throw something together. Michael's back. All right, cool. We'll have some brutal kills. Cause that at the end of the day, I'd rather them not make the movie at that point. Yeah, I agree. I just want to go ahead and run down our social media channels and uh, ways that you can get yourself some uh, unleashed merchandise. There's a lot of people out there that's, that's picking up stickers and shirts and, uh, posters and just different things. And again, I want to throw out a little shout out and thank you to my friend, Ryan Hogel, who branded all of this, who, who does all the fantastic graphics that you see. And that has really, um, turned up the volume on our merchandise and our branding of the podcast to make this something extremely special. So, just want to go ahead and throw a shout out to him. But if you want to go over and get yourself a, a sticker, um, a phone case, a notepad, a coffee mug, traveler's mug, a poster shirt, anything like that, you go to TEE, and that's T, public, one word, dot com, forward slash user, forward slash Chris M1229. Uh, if you want to follow along and subscribe to our podcast page, you can do that in any um, podcast platform that you have. You know, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on iTunes, um, we are on Breaker, we are on Podbean. What, whatever it is that you want to listen to us through, um, you can do that. But if you want to go to our podcast page and subscribe there which uh, lots of people have, you go to anchor.fm forward slash Halloween Unleashed. And if you want to join our Facebook page, it is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Halloween Unleashed. And uh, you can go up into the Facebook search bar and type in Halloween Unleashed, the podcast. Uh, click the join. We let uh, pretty much everybody in. And... Um, you know, come come join us and have a good time. Uh, next week, we're going to put the polls up of what you want to hear. We appreciate you. We appreciate uh, everything that you're doing to help make this podcast and the numbers growing each and every single week. And uh, my name is Chris Morgan, and we will talk to you next week on whatever the subject matter may be voted on. Have a good week.